This club will be my mission for the year. I'm calling it SITE, Students Improving the Environment. Cool. We'll have letter writing campaigns and Endangered Species Week. Want to hear my mission? I want to be hot. Not cute, not adorable, hot. Wow. There's no way I'm getting dumped this year for being too young. Welcome to All About Degrassi, the show where we always go commando. Yes, <laughs> yes. I am currently commando. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, and I'm not wearing shorts either, so I'm surprised you didn't. I'm surprised you didn't <laughs> you're see just, me. You're just naked. This I'm whole, naked. Naked yes. this whole time. Wow. I'm usually naked when we record. Sometimes there's like a little privacy screen in front of me, so sometimes Evan doesn't notice. But today I'm just I'm out and proud. Yeah, and I'm always wearing a hot dog costume. Yes. <laughs> If you wonder what our studio environment looks like, I'm fully <laughs> naked. I am wearing a shirt, just no bottoms. Donald mm. ducking, as they say. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Evan is in a hot dog costume. Yeah. It's festive. It's a really nice one, too. It's not like a party store one. <laughs> you can tell he got it custom. I, I, no, it's bedazzled. Shimmering. It's fully bedazzled, head to toe. Did you stone that dog? <laughs> it's a full Chicago dog, too. Not just, not just Ooh, mustard. Yeah. Come on, Shea Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... We're very excited today. Yay! <laughs> this episode, yay! Uh, we are talking about um, season three, episode three, You Got the Look, um, which is named after the song by Prince. Yes, it's a I great I, song. I think I heard this in a store the other day. <laughs> which, which store? I don't know. Perhaps it was... Was it Barnes & Noble? I think it was Mervyn's. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. I only go to like three places. Costco. So it, was, it, was probably, uh, it was probably the grocery store. <laughs> um, uh, incredible song. Incredible episode. Um, incredible. And you'll notice, uh, all about Degrassi superfans, this is the first non-two-part episode that is getting its whole All About Degrassi episode dedicated it, it, to it's, itself. It's getting the full episode treatment because there's just so much to talk there's about. There's too much to talk there's about. There's too much to talk about. Is it also because there's a two-parter next week and we didn't know how else to break it up? Yes. <laughs> but this is also great timing. Well, we had thought about doing it how we did last season where we had we ran into a similar situation and we just like fucked with the continuity a bit. Yeah. Um, which we could have done, but we just thought, no, this episode it's deserves... This episode deserves a spotlight. We need to talk about all of it. Yeah. Pivotal moment for Degrassi. Yeah. I would argue, I don't know, what, top top five Degrassi episodes, just as far as iconicness goes? The iconography is top tier in this episode. And I would say this is perhaps one of the few Degrassi moments that is kind of broken out of the Canadian prison <laughs> and become like a mainstream moment because I feel like this is the definitive like teen and a thong moment on TV. Is that <laughs> weird is, statement? But I think is, that's well, true. This is an episode that has transcended like just people who know about Degrassi. Like, like this is an episode that even people who didn't watch Degrassi, they know about this episode. This is like if you've never seen an episode of Saved by the Bell, you still know I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so Wow, that was flawless. I'm a huge uh, uh, fan of Elizabeth Ber- uh, Elizabeth Berkeley's work. Um, yes, she's very good. You are, I think, the biggest Showgirls fan I know. Uh, I might be. Yes. I just might be. Which uh, is hard because you know all of our friends are faggots. Oh, yeah, exactly. Showgirls. They all love Showgirls. Um, Great movie if you haven't seen it. So this should there, just... there should be a Showgirls with one of these Degrassi girls. <laughs> Oh, God. You know what I'm saying? I'm surprised none of them did uh, that kind of pivot. I really actually did, think Cassie Steele could have done a, like a Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? <laughs> That's the collaboration we need. If she was in like L or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've never even seen that movie, but I haven't, sure. Yeah, I've been meaning to for so long. It's not streaming anywhere, so I, I blame Paul Verhoeven, or yeah. the distributor. I blame someone. Anyway, um, you came to this Degrassi podcast for all the hot... Paul Verhoeven talk, <laughs> but I guess we should get into but, this. Yeah, episode. I guess. Yeah, enough of that. Um, yeah, let's just dive right in. So, first thought, because it's about the first line. I think a new favorite trope of mine in Degrassi is the awkward post sports exposition, because mm. we had a really funny one with Kendra last season, and this episode starts with Paige saying, "I can't believe we beat them six to two, which is not something anyone would ever say," and then Spinner says. And did you see Sully bend that last kick before he scored? 
and that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> that's it's we're, we're table setting here. We got we got we got you know set it's the just, scene. It, I, if the if you were getting on the bus, you might say, "I can't believe we beat them six to four. They're getting off the bus. They've come from the sports. Right. Bus. It's like they, they already had this silence. It's like they. It's like <laughs> the have you guys not talked about it before yeah. then. I mean, they're just like replay. They're just on repeat. They're just. They're like, wow, I still can't believe it. Yes, it's, we've been talking about it for a half an hour, but still but, can't but believe it. But to spell it out more directly, they're uh, the Degrassi students are coming back to Degrassi in a school bus from some sort of yeah, soccer. After, yeah, match? after Degrassi's winning soccer match, um, they, they don't call it football there. No, I think they call it soccer. I think they call it soccer. No, I think they call it soccer. They're the only um, other ones who are just us, just yeah. us and them, just contrarian. Us like against us. the world. Yeah, uh, <laughs> North America against the world, not Mexico. Unfortunately, um, no, they love football. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's after Degrassi's winning soccer match because this is the sport that we care about now. Yes. Uh, at this point in time, <laughs> it's uh, not basketball. It's not either. basketball. It and will it's not, not be football yet. <laughs> it won't be football yet. Not for several seasons. Um, Did you notice how dirty these boys were? Did you ever play soccer? I didn't. I didn't. I don't think anyone. You ever. played soccer. Right? I played soccer for like six years when I was a kid, and I played soccer in suburban Seattle, where guess what? It rained all the time. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I think we maybe got this muddy like one time oh, when really? it was like torrential downpour. Why is their head in the mud? Like, <laughs> did it? And also, it's a bright sunny day. Like, where is this mud coming from? What, That's true. Yeah. What, what poorly maintained? I know they need soccer to, pitch. Are they playing? Yeah, they need where to the sprinkler was change broken. the turf there. Yeah. Um, good point. So, yeah, okay. First issue with the episode. <laughs> the boys are too dirty. <laughs> okay, so Manny uh, has also just gotten off the bus because she is, of course, with the uh, Spirit Squad. Mm-hmm. And so Manny tries to get the attention of the one and only Sully. The new boy in school that we all care about. He, he has the money to buy a hot MP3 Well, player. yeah, so for those of you <laughs> who have forgotten and who could blame you, so, Sully made a couple cameos in season two, and most notably, he is the guy who Spinner tried to sell uh, yes. Jimmy's iPod to, which is what started MP3Gate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, here we are. Sully. Yeah. Sully, I'm going to say something. I think Sully is a boy that I would have had a crush on when I was a kid, but it's something about the sunglasses he's always wearing. He's always wearing, like, knockoff Oakleys, mm. and I was always bullied by the straight boys who wore Oakleys, so I think I had an aversion to him. Are they those? Okay, I'm trying to remember. Maybe I'm just, like, imprinting my own, like, idea of douchebaggery onto him, but I don't remember, because I don't remember exactly, but, like, does he have those, like, wraparound sunglasses that are, like... The straight boys love. I think he has. And like dads on like Twitter profile, like like MAGA dads on Twitter. <laughs> My instinct looking at them, and maybe it was just the era, was that they were Oakleys or knockoff Oakleys. Mm. I can't speak to anything more specific than that. <laughs> I don't know. I just, he just reads as, you know, douchebag. He's obviously. very and, douchebag. And of course he's supposed to. But um, I, there's a lot of hot douchebags on TV. And, you know, I'm surprised as a kid I wasn't in love with this boy because apparently everyone in the school is in love with him. He's so dreamy. I mean, he does definitely seem like that kid who like, the girls crushed on in, in like you know middle school and you look back and you're like why yeah i think yeah, i think that actually in that sense sully is very well cast right yeah no exactly perfect casting so so manny's trying to get sully's attention but he just pays her dust and so Paige gives it to manny straight that she's not sully's type uh presumably because she seems too young and mm-hmm. innocent at least that's what manny takes away from this well she's a little traumatized because of the craig date Right. That's still internalized yes. within her. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think that's a real... She even says it in the conversation. Yeah. Like, that was... A, P- a pivotal moment. Yeah. yeah. And that led to this decision. And we'll say what happens after, you know, kind of the opening credits here. Right. So, yeah, no, she's not uh, Sully's type. Because presumably he's into, like, older women. Like, like sophomores. <laughs> Just, I, it's, I, I can't get into how weird it is. Okay, I will say this. I think, obviously, if you are in high school and you want to date a grade or two up or down, it's not that big of a deal. But it always really creeped me out in middle school when the eighth grade boys would, like, go hit on the sixth grade girls, like, at the beginning of the year. And it happened every year. Right. It's really gross. <laughs> well, it's it's so weird because, <laughs> like, obviously, like... And in, in around that age, especially, like, kids are developing as a that's different my thing. rate. It's so, that's the only age, I think, where, like, the two or three years makes a huge difference, and you should zero in on it. Right. When but you're in well, high school, it's, it's like, like, everyone's kind of midway, almost done with puberty, you know? it's Right, but also, like, you have some people, like, sixth graders who are much more developed than, like, some eighth graders. That's and true. So it's, like, it's, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. We're all in this, like, 
you know, adolescent soup. And we're all just trying to, we're trying to get out. Yeah. But I guess if you are a child um, listening to this and you're like, should I date someone not in my grade? I would say, first of all, go get your parents. They need to take better care of you. You should not listen to this podcast. Second of all, I would say, don't date outside of your grade in middle school. You could do it in high school. That's, that's not a hard and fast rule. That's just my advice. Yeah. My, my rule is uh, don't date. Oh, yeah, just don't date in high school because just it's an insane it. thing to do. Just do it. Focus on your studies. Yeah. Um, Focus on your learning. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay. So, Manny's able to put the dots together. And so, she is sick of being seen as cute. And she thinks she needs to show a more mature side of herself. And She doesn't want to be a puppy or a bunny. Right, exactly. Puppies and bunnies are cute. Well, I would say some bunnies are quite sexy. Have you heard of this Playboy mansion? <laughs> Have you heard of Jessica Rabbit? I th- well, she's not a rabbit. That's a common she, misconception. She is, she is by marriage. Uh, oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> she's Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, she converted. <laughs> she converted for it. Exactly. It's like, it's Judaism rules. Okay. Um, <laughs> So the next day, Emma pulls in Emma, and she decides that she wants to start an environmental club, mm-hmm. of course. I'm yes. surprised this didn't happen sooner. So how how far are we into the school year that she's starting this club? I well, guess it's the right a, time to be starting it. Yeah, like this the first sense. few weeks, okay. like first sure. month, maybe. Um, sure, I don't mind it. Yeah. And so Manny decides she wants to be hot. And she gives us, like, the original tearaway. She, oh yeah, so she has like a full, you know, coat on and yeah. she takes it off. It's very like Brooklyn Heights, if you just took all the reveal symbols Absolutely, off of it, you know? absolutely. She was doing reveals long We knew it was a reveal, race. you didn't even, yeah. It, the funny thing to me about the reveals, because she does another one later in the episode, to, spoiler alert, these sexy outfits that she's wearing underneath. It's funny that she, both times, waits to reveal it to Emma you know, yeah. and in this case, she was just walking with Emma mm-hmm. and it wasn't until this part of the conversation where Emma was being boring that she's like, hey, check out my tearaway girl <laughs> in the second reveal to jump ahead a little bit. She does another one of these and she's in the hallway at her locker. So she's already been in the school. She waited until Emma showed up to do the dramatic reveal. How much of this makeover is for Emma and how is, much of are, it for the boys? Are you suggesting there's some sort of like psychosexual rivalry yes, between yes. Emma and Annie? Oh, <laughs> is this a single white female this moment? This is a single white female. <laughs> <gasps> um, this is great. This is a whole new layer. This is why we needed a whole episode to get into this. <laughs> we're applying a, a sapphic reading to this episode. Yes, um, but since I, I got a little ahead of ourselves, why don't you say what's okay, underneath this Okay, reveal? well, so also I just want to know really quickly she must have been really hot it's like summer yeah there and she's like wearing like a full like hoodie another reason that there would not be a muddy soccer field yeah yeah exactly (laughs) so okay so manny reveals to what is essentially like a juicy couture very juicy tube top and track pants ensemble um and later on we see there's a matching bucket hat but she's not wearing it right now because she couldn't hide it (laughs) under her sweater (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly we would have known Uh -uh. um so what do we think of this outfit i'm actually so happy with the timing because we got a a message last week a a reader messaged in a reader a listener (laughs) a listener messaged in and said uh that they wanted to bring back the fashion moment as you know in fashion one day you're in brim can you go ahead and play that best fashion moment bumper The short one, please. For all time's sake. <laughs> and, and and keep your finger on that button, Brim. You're out. So we're going to have a couple <laughs> iconic fashion moments this episode. This is awesome. This is a great early 2000s look. It's if, very Y2K. If you showed up at a Y2K party in this outfit, you would be best dressed. This is great. Honestly, if you're going to a Y2K party, you probably should be dressed as Manny Santos. At any one of her outfits, Anyone honestly. from this episode? Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wonder, is 14 too young to serve cunt? Look, I am not a teacher, so it's, and I don't have any kids, so I guess my answer is y'all figure it out. I don't care. Work. Yeah. Slay. (laughs) If I had a 14-year-old child, I would maybe have an opinion. Um, I think as a uh, um, childless adult in my 30s who sees a kid maybe once a month and it's usually unpleasant and a surprise... I, I think I don't care, and all of you parents can figure out dress codes amongst each other. Mm. 
Uh, I like the so we talked about this earlier. I like the, I really do like the continuity of this plot line from the previous season with the whole Manny and Craig drama because Manny's always had this sort of like certain immaturity and preciousness to her, which mm-hmm. is you know red as young. Um, and that comes across both in her appearance and her performance. It seems like a purposeful thing by Ms. Cassie Steele. Right, exactly. This sort of like childlike innocence. Yeah. And and that was, of course, what killed her relationship with Craig in its crib last season was because, you know, he thought she, you know, seemed too young. And so now she's like, well, obviously the only lesson I can take from that is I need to, you know, dress older, you know, mm-hmm. be, be mature. And so yes. I like this, the nod. And this is... Not made, you know, it's alluded to in this episode, but it's not made super explicit. So I just like that, like, subtle nod. Yeah, and I think this is a very, like, hot-button topic, the same way most of the episodes will pick a kind of, like, hot topic of the moment to focus on. But I just think it's a little more, like you were saying, ingratiated into her existing character arc. Yeah. It doesn't feel as forced. It doesn't feel as sensational. This feels like a very real... All of the interactions in this episode feel... It felt grounded and I liked it. Well, it's like, it feels like something that, like, oh, they've actually been, like... I mean, I'm sh- I don't know if they were actually planning this, but it feels like something, like, oh, this has been planned. This has been in the works for, yeah. you know, it's a season. In right? the show Bible. Right, like, yeah, exactly. They were like, in Manny, season three, Manny will Manny, wear a thong. Manny is gonna serve cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so she reveals this outfit and she announces that she wants to be hot. And, you know, I will say I had a moment, um, it was a little later in my life, where I decided to be hot. Oh yeah, when and did I've you been on it ever when, since. When, are, when are you planning on it? You're such a fucking <laughs> little piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> no, I think I decided to be hot around like age uh, nineteen, and it took a couple years, but then I was hot for the rest of my life. Mm, I think I decided to be hot. Uh, probably like around that same age. Um, I don't think I actually succeeded. <laughs> no, you're very hot, baby. <laughs> no, I know I did. I did, but like it took a long time. I didn't succeed, oh, but I, I decided to. It was to. a slow. It was okay. a journey. I mean, it took a couple years for me. Yeah, right. It, it takes us all some time, you know. Um, but she, not Manny. She not Manny. Out, boom, like she, that. No, she was ready. So Manny struts. Do you think there was like a? And maybe this is a sketch where, like, the Fab Five comes to her house and makes her over and gives her this juicy... Queer Eye was, like, yeah. like on the outskirts yeah. of this episode. This was their one-off Canadian special, yeah, and yeah. they went there and they realized they slutted her up too much, and they were like, oh, let's not air this one. She's too powerful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and so- by the way, if we say slut in this episode, we're both sluts, and we're both using slut in the sex-positive context. I wish I were a slut. I'm not a slut. Well, I'm a slut. But I admire sluts. I admire the work of sluts. I'm not as big of a slut as I used to be because I am married. But for a married person, I'm quite the slut. We love it. (laughs) An icon. Yes. An icon sits among us. I'm a hot slut. Let's continue. (laughs) Okay, so Manny struts to school feeling like a hot slut. I know. Um, This was was very inspiring. It's nice to see yourself represented in media. (laughs) (laughs) What about slut pride? Um, So uh, we have, and we also have this like sexy pop song as her soundtrack. This is my favorite part. This like knockoff Christina Milan kind of like early 2000s generic right like sort of like destiny's child vein yeah yeah they couldn't get those licensing rights but it it sounds like it's like a 3lw b-side it's like this is (laughs) we couldn't even get like bewitched we had to (laughs) you know like they're they're just like we gotta find someone canadian who's like a girl and can sing a song yeah exactly (laughs) it's really Um, what they were working backwards from and so as she's walking she catches the eye of one james tiberius york yes and this is a very funny scene when he's like skateboarding like alongside her yeah yeah and his jaw is just like on the floor because she's so hot. Yeah, he's like, awooga! Yeah, yeah, very yeah, awooga yeah. wolf yeah. eyes. Mm-hmm. And then he crashes, which I thought was funny. Yeah, um, and then he like, you know, went like, ow! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, this is the start of your favorite ship, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I and I have too. a lot of opinions and oh. we'll get into it as right. we find out how these events unfold. Yeah. I'm rooting for these kids. <laughs> I know! Okay. They, they both look great. I'll just say, so, sometimes the kids have style journeys that we don't like these are these are two uh degrassi uh students really coming into their own style and character wise and it's very fun to see them interact mm-hmm. he still has that puka shell necklace i love the puka shell necklace <laughs> and it's one of the jaggy ones i always yeah. had the more rounded ones. right yeah. i like the jaggy ones 
So we do have a subplot in this episode, actually. Uh, um, unfortunately, we do have to uh, oh, God. distract when ourselves it, from... When it cut to Sydney and Joey in the kitchen, I was like, oh boy, here we go. So Some adults. Well, this subplot <laughs> is actually very important also, because this is the uh, beginning of Craig's band. Mm-hmm, yes. Downtown, Downtown Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Origin. Represent. Origin scene. In the biopic about Downtown Sasquatch, they'll recreate this scene with Hollywood <laughs> actors. Uh, where although... he's... So he's... I want to say one thing about this scene. Mm-hmm. It's Craig and Marco, and they're, like, outside by Joey's car for some reason. And Joey's like, hey, big night, right? It's the end of you being grounded. Mm-hmm. And Craig is, like, surprised by this information. You, you've been grounded. You know exactly. You have it marked on the calendar. Yeah, you're ready. You're, you know when you can like, watch TV or play video games or, like, whatever you... Or see your friends. Whatever you've been yeah, grounded you're from. you're chomping at the bit. You're yes. Like, okay. It's so funny that he's just patiently sitting in this house like, when did Joey say I was not grounded anymore? Yeah, and Joey has to be the one to remind him. Yeah. Uh, why is Joey, like, keeping firmer track of this? Uh, I, I don't know. We're, we're an odd scene, yes. An odd um, scene. But, um, yeah, so we find out that Craig has started a band with Marco, Jimmy, and Spinner. And as of this point, they do not have a name yet. They have no. not been dubbed uh, Downtown Sasquatch just yet. No. But they will. No. Yeah, they, uh, they will be called that. And mm-hmm. I guess, um, spoiler. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. um, and Joey is like super psyched to hear about this because, you know, did you know that Joey was in a band? Okay. It's never been said before. So if you just listen to the podcast and you haven't actually seen a lot of Degrassi The Next Generation, you probably don't know what the zit remedy is because we haven't, I don't think we've talked about it directly. No, I think we've mentioned it in passing. And also, famously, Evan and I have not seen the original show no. where the zit remedy was so hev- heavily featured. Yeah. But if you watch the first few seasons of Degrassi Generation, so much reverence is paid to the zit remedy, this fake band that has one song. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least by Joey. I think Joey's the only one. I know, but the writers are obsessed with it. Oh, yeah. The writers are like, hey, remember the zip? Yeah, no, they will not stop talking. It's like Joey's main characteristic is like, I I I used used to to be be in a a band. band. (laughs) Which, honestly, that makes sense. Um, (laughs) Honestly, it tracks for his character. I I kind of... This is a very cringe episode for Joey. He's doing Mm -hmm. a lot of cringy things. Mm Kind of liked it. Kind of didn't mind it. It's okay. It's okay for me. It worked me. for me. Well, I think... I Everything like... feels so grounded this episode. I liked it. I mean, I like the under... I like I like the... What we're working with is in, yes. in the subplot. So, let's, let's go into details. About yeah. So, um, so Joey is encouraging them to use the garage to practice because mm-hmm. he wants to support Craig's musical endeavors. Yeah. Um, which is sweet. But uh, Craig seems to be less enthused by this, probably because he senses, like, Joey cringe alerts mm-hmm. are going off in his brain yeah um and which honestly this is like and this is what i like about this episode it's like this is like such adolescent behavior to be like oh like my parents are taking an earnest interest in me cringe that's so cringe of them and it's like <laughs> no that's nice that's a nice thing yeah you shouldn't you should appreciate that i agree um and it's also like where the fuck else are you gonna practice buddy yeah, they were practicing in, like, Marco's basement beforehand. Yeah. And the acoustics are so much better in the garage. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Have you been to a show in Marco's basement? You can't <laughs> hear anything. Yeah, because his parents are like, boopity 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 boppity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they are basically like that when we meet them in a couple episodes. <laughs> uh, apologies to all of our Italian ex listeners. Um, yes. Um, we'll people. apologize, but we won't take it out because you're white and it's not racist. <laughs> anyway, let's continue. <laughs> uh, okay, so in science class, JT is seriously digging Manny's new look. Mm-hmm. And he tries to put the moves on her, including um, doodle and. Okay, no, wait. Can we talk about this? Yes. Like, JT kind of has game in this scene. He does! This is a good, like, icebreaker. Yeah. And it's a good way to... This is very good flirting. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, so he looked... And it was uncharacteristic, because we've seen JT, like, hit on women in the past. Women. Well, girls. No Uh, women. No women. (laughs) On young women. No, no. The teacher. Oh, Hatsalakos. Yes, I forgot about that. Well, she's one of the girls, though, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. Hatsalakos is one of the girls. She can hang. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I did think this was a nice character moment for JT, because he's becoming a little man. He's got swag. It's cute. I mean, because she's Manny has like doodles on her notebook, and he's like, you know, I 
do in doodle interpretation. It was great. It was so it was so great. Uh, although we don't get to hear his interpretation because you know Miss Miss. But Hot. that's what's perfect is you can bring up the doodles later. This is all you have to do. Mm-hmm. He's planted the seeds. Yeah. If you are a shy slut out there and you don't know how to hit on a crush, <laughs> slide into their DMs and say some stupid shit like this. You know, if they like you. They'll talk to you about the stupid shit. If they don't like you, then they were not going to talk to you anyway. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Literally just go into someone's DMs and say, I like your doodles. I, I guarantee you, if they like you, you'll end up If they have them. doodles posted. If they don't have doodles posted, then I... I don't I, even need them. <laughs> don't, you're like, just I, say, I, I like pre- your doodles. I, I presume to like... <laughs> I mean, like is, what is that an innuendo for? Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, but of course he gets uh, cock-blocked by Ms. Hot Sauce, yes. um, unfortunately. Um... And then speaking of cock blocking, uh, <laughs> Joey has prepared a romantic evening with his new lady friend, Sydney. Sydney. Uh, but then they're interrupted by the sound of like amateurish cacophonous jamming. I did laugh at the line, is that road work? <laughs> it's kind hour? of late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Craig's band. That like really good joke. Well, sure. I, well, it's good. And it's also like, I like that like. Oh, they're not pretending like they're, like, musical savants. Like, yeah. They're like, they suck right now. They'll get good. Have you ever been in a garage band situation? Absolutely not. Have you? Yeah, senior year. Oh, really? Yeah, we had, like, three or four jam sessions. Aww. It was in my friend's... I think it was in Ben Cote's garage. Shout out to Ben Cote. And I was playing the bass just because I was not good enough at guitar. Mm-hmm. There was people who were better at guitar than me. So I was like, I can play the bass because I can just doop, 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 doop. It's easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we could have been good, but we never settled on a singer. And I think I should have been the singer, but I wasn't confident enough. Mm. Ben had all the confidence, but couldn't sing. He should have stepped <laughs> up to the plate. I should have. And imagine imagine the sliding doors moment if you had done no, that. I could have been in a ska band. We were... You were a ska band? <laughs> oh, my, oh God. my God. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm having new wardrobe i'm having flashbacks <laughs> the song so we we did an original song that ben cote wrote and the we did a couple covers one of them was rancid <laughs> and w- one of them this was the one we put the most work into was beer by real big fish which was a big moment in the ska it's a great song honestly uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> i go listen to beer by real big fish um but it's silly that that was the song we wanted to cover because that's a very, it's ska, it's very horn heavy. We don't have any horns. Right. Yeah. Right. So we didn't really think that out. Well. So yeah, I just remembered that I was briefly in a ska band. Oh my God. Did you like repress the? <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> I got really into ska in the pandemic. It was just like the horns kind of like, you know, when I'm alone in my apartment. I like Scott. Scott gets a really around. bad rap. Yeah. And like, you know, for like some reasons that like make sense. And some reasons I'm like, well. What? Yeah, some uh, of the Jamaican appropriation. Right, I could do exactly. Without, but but like, the but, rest of it I like. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, no doubt's like Scott adjacent. Right? Their first album is probably, their right. first self-titled album is probably the best Scott album of all time in my opinion. <gasps> really? Yes. I, I do love that album. It's a great album. I love No Doubt. Um, no Doubt's great. Gwen Stefani, if you're listening, <laughs> please, and we know who you are. Please make good music again. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, well, I was going to say come on the season three finale. She's probably not going to do that now that you pointed out she hasn't put out a good song in a couple decades. Or any song, really. That's true. I liked her last solo album, actually. So I did, too. So Why are we so in sync on this? <laughs> this is cute. Okay. Used to love you? Well, that was her divorce album. Yeah. I was like, hell yes. Um, I like try to make me like you. That's a bop. We need yes. to talk about this episode. Okay, okay, we're getting distracted. <laughs> Good okay. video too. Good okay, video. okay. So, um, yeah. So, uh, Craig's band is bad, and uh, Joey can't. It is pretty bad. Joey can't help himself and decides to check in on their little jam session because mm-hmm. he wants to get involved. And um, I like how we see like Ashley and Angela are just like sitting on the couch and like cringing through it i guess yeah they everyone on the couch is doing great acting although honestly i don't think angela should be in there she's really young her ears could get oh damaged. i didn't even think of that she's like five years is old. she like covering them during part of it i hope so i hope so she needs earmuffs she needs earplugs she does need earplugs honestly i'm i i went to a lot of concerts and i'm glad that i didn't get bad like hearing damage because you really can if you go to a lot yeah i never yeah. wear earplugs yeah no i haven't either i I, I don't go to enough concerts, thankfully. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, my brother, actually, I wanted to mention this earlier. My brother is in a band. Um, is it Scott? 
No, it's not ska. <laughs> I don't know. I I've never like listened to them actually play. It's wow. you know, it's someone just, doesn't support their brother. In I their support dreams. him so much. I don't live there. He lives in Arkansas. Um, but uh, yeah, he's in a band. They, I'm sure they're the coolest band in Arkansas, at least. The coolest band at his school for sure. I mean, they they've graduated since, but yeah, mm-hmm. they started in high school, and it's just like, oh, it's very sweet. So, and I think they still have jam sessions every now and then that's cute it's very cute so um so joey has some unsolicited advice for uh craig and his band and so then he like whips out his old keyboard but here's the thing it when it first cuts to them in the garage the first thing i said was three guitars what is happening here he brings and and that's what he says yeah he's he's right he's right (laughs) one of them should be a bass at least you could have a lead guitar and a rhythm guitar sure yeah one of them needs to be a bass if not a keyboard right and if no one has a bass then you can play the bass on the keyboard he's actually giving really solid advice Mm mm-hmm that's all i have yeah absolutely (laughs) um joey was right that's that's the message joey was right joey was right um So, and then, of course, uh, he plays the, uh, the Zit Remedies chart-topping hit. Everybody wants something, they'll never give up. Um, which, apparently, this song is, like, all chorus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's no verse. Which I disapprove of. Um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I will say, shout out to the people who write the music for the present day Degrassi seasons, I guess not present. This is the twenty, 20 years, years ago. ago. But <laughs> this is vintage. The the people who write the music for Next Generation, you could have phoned it in and done one of these zit songs, like "Oh, just tell me how I can be." Oh yeah, that's just chorus. You know? <laughs> just chorus. But as they go they wrote on, verses. They... As they go on, they start writing verses, and mm-hmm. some of these songs are bops. There's some good songs that are original songs from Degrassi. I'm Downtown not... Sasquatch plays out some good music. They have a couple good down, songs down the road. Yeah. yeah. Um, so of course, and everyone is like cringing at Joey because Joey's just being, you know, cringy dad mode. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's hard to watch, but oh well. (laughs) So it's good cringe though. I think everyone's acting is really. Yeah, absolutely. Very sincere. So meanwhile, at the mall. We get into some more Emma slut shaming as she does the entire episode. (laughs) (laughs) So Emma, well, she's also, Emma's like in full on like shipper mode with JT and Manny. She's like, oh, this is. She's like me. (laughs) Yes, exactly. This is her OTP. You and her. You and Emma. Okay, wait. Now I find some camaraderie with her. Absolutely. I'm seeing her side. Absolutely. So, but Manny still has reservations about pursuing JT and she thinks she needs to take her look to the next level. Mm -hmm. And uh, she finds a, a bedazzled undergarment mm-hmm. that she takes an interest in yeah it's a blue thong with like six rhinestones on it. Mm-hmm. yeah so and then we are treated to a sequence that is one of the most iconic and most prolific scenes in degrassi history yeah we were talking about it before the episode i think if you are not a degrassi fan the odds of you seeing just one scene from degrassi are probably mom's pasta sauce or this scene probably <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Probably? Or or two? your dad's gay. Or your dad is gay. Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those three probably. Well, this is one that, like, you even see this, like, image used in, like, articles. Yes, uh, about this era. About this era. Yeah, and the fashion and stuff. Because this is such a, a, a hallmark. I do time. think this is maybe Degrassi's, like, biggest break into the mainstream is this episode. It's, it's the most remembered, perhaps. Mm-hmm. upset their radish busted you. Actually, it turned out not to be such a bad thing. Do you want to get suspended? What? I'm not breaking any rules. Manny, Mr. Radich said... He said, no visible underwear. And do you see any underwear? No, but... That's right. Because I'm not wearing any. So... Okay, so we should, so, okay, let's set the scene. So, we see Manuela Santos Mm -hmm. strutting down the hallway in a cropped peasant top. I was gonna say it was very Ren Faire. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So, like, the shoulders are bare and they're, like, the sleeves, like, flare out. Yeah, Yeah, very peasant top. Very, like, um, one of the witches on Buffy. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, yes. (laughs) Um, and then she is wearing the lowest of low-rise jeans. Mm -hmm. And then she has... Full whale tail. Yes. On display. And you can't see her coin slot, so she really has just <laughs> pulled the thong up to her waist. You know? Right, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> and and again, the thong is bright blue rhinestone. Yeah. And, and we've got another, like, Christina Milan knockoff. 
yes, yes. Like the soundtrack is yeah. Sexy two thousands music. And but but this opens. This is opened with just her ass. <laughs> a close, an extreme close up. Yeah. Of Cassie Steele's ass. There's quite a lot of. Cassie steals like 14 year old butt in this episode, Absolutely. which is kind of weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. So, um, uh, look, uh, <laughs> I think it just comes with the territory. If you're going to make this episode, like you got to do it and just, I don't know, I guess that's what intimacy coordinators are for. Uh, yeah. So it's like the, the, they're like questionable semiotics. Cause it's like, even though the show is being self-aware about like, oh, this is like, you know, ridiculous, and Manny's, like, objectification is, like, it's, like, it's it's absurd, right? Yes. But it's, like, you're still sexualizing a 14-year-old, right? Like, you know, it's kind of, like... Yeah, but the 14-year-old is sexualizing herself. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't think an... I don't know if an actress has, like... I mean, I guess she's choosing to be on the show, but, yeah. like, you know, I don't... You know, obviously the, um... I, I would... I guess the thing that the would The agency make... is kind of... Questionable. And I guess, yeah, what I'm arriving at is I would weirdly feel more comfortable, and th- this opens up another Pandora's box of weird stuff, but I would weirdly be more comfortable if Cassie Steele, the actress, went to them and was like, can I please stop dressing in these baby girl outfits? I like, this is not how... I, I want to wear thongs. I, I mean, maybe I she my... said that, you know? Well, I mean, I do think, obviously, I'm sure there were a lot of people involved in this decision, and yeah. like, she had like a support system. They had the, they had the thong meeting yeah yeah they had a meeting her <laughs> parents were her parents were on set you Hopefully. know like yeah she's a minor yeah. um so you know um i i'm sure this was handled with care behind the scenes but like it is still just like oh there's a lot of there's a lot of lingering shots of this 14 year old ass <laughs> it's a little weird but you know i think we do need to tell stories about teen sexuality and yeah um i guess this is the best way to go about it well i think also just like the tone of it is just like so goofy that like yeah. i mean it feels like camp it feels harmless right in a weird way. Yeah. yeah so i don't know i like i like i don't think like i don't look at this and get any sort of like sexuality or sensuality <laughs> like it just seems like it's just funny. although the the shot the way the shot is framed it is uh, i think we forgot to mention that like she starts walking in like slow mo yep. past the lockers with all the boys, and they all like whip around. I think that's why it works. Is we're cutting to reaction shots of teen boys, and it's like this is what teen boys would yeah, respond exactly. to. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. And then JT has another accident because he's distracted by how hot Manny is, mm-hmm. and he bunks his little head on the that little middle post in between the doors. That yeah. They have, yeah. 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 Know, yeah. With the double doors. Yeah. You gotta take those out. <laughs> No, they can. You know, you can, sometimes you can take them out. Uh, they're good for a lot of uh, shots in the show. They do a lot of, they make a lot of use of those doors. Like, they'll have, like, them, like, with someone, yes. like, looking through them, you mm-hmm. know? Um, uh, so then in class, um, Slut Shamer Liberty is on the scene. <laughs> God, she's being the worst in this episode. Uh, I don't like and... her in this episode. I don't like her anymore. So, yeah, and then we get I this... liked her better when she was Napoleon. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did not. Um, did not enjoy that. Um, so then we get... This uh, conversation between Liberty and Manny, and Manny, or Liberty says, Are you aware we can see your underpants? <laughs> Not everyone wants to see your underpants. It's a lot of whispering. This is, yeah, too much whispering. Because they're in class. Yeah. So they're in class, and it's like they have to be quiet. And so, of course, they have to whisper, but it's like, scenes like this where there's so much whispering, and it's like that kind of like fake whispering where it's like, We can all hear you, yes. but like, obviously, <laughs> the mic has to pick it up. And honestly, it's like nails on a chalkboard for me. Yes. Uh, this was very annoying. Yeah. Um, I didn't like this. And you know later on when Radich is like, well, I've had some complaints. You're you, skipping ahead? You know fucking Liberty narc. Oh, absolutely. You know Liberty narked her out. Fucking <laughs> cop Liberty over here. Well, and like, and Liberty suggests that Manny is only dressing that way because she lacks self-confidence. And guess what? Some sluts dress that way because we have so much self-confidence. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Well, I do think, I wonder, like... Because I think Manny is very young, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of time to sort of cultivate an authentic sense of style. And so I think that's what she's doing this episode. She's trying things out, right? Because she's, I think she's decided, like, oh, I don't want to look the way I was looking. And, yeah. you know, she's probably being dressed by her mom, you know? Actually, yes. Which is, like, how a lot of us start out our lives of being dressed by our parents. I've never then... seen Manny's mom. I know we see her dad. Uh, not at this point, at least. We don't um, see the dad till way later. I'm just curious if we ever do meet the mom. I, I feel don't. like we don't. I don't know. Okay, we'll um, find out. But um, 
you know, so I think she's trying things out and, ex you know, that kind of experimentation, it's important for, you know, young people to, you know, figure out their sense of style. Yes. But I do think it is worth mentioning that, like, the crux of her decision is to get attention from boys. Sure. And I do think that's, like... A little regressive. It's, it's an intention that I think sh maybe should be questioned, sure. right? But, but at the same time, I, I also kind of think it's like, well, it's fine if you want to get attention from boys. Like, that's, that's fine. That's something uh, I want. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> that's what I want. Um, so, but I don't know. I just feel like, I guess, like, at that age and being so young and being like, you know, it's like young girls have a lot to deal with. And I'm like, they shouldn't be worrying about, like, oh, how best can I get attention from boys? I don't know. It's sure. hard. I don't know. I don't want to sound like a pearl clutcher. I just think yeah. it's... There's a lot to discuss. Well, let's unpack it. Uh, what, what happens next? Okay. We're still in the first half of the yeah, episode. Yeah. We're like 40 minutes in. Um, <laughs> Good thing so, we d dedicated a whole episode to this. We would have yeah, been... We needed it. Yeah. Um, so Liberty, like, whisper threats to report Manny to Mr. Radich because her outfit goes against the code of conduct, which, you know, fair enough. <laughs> I guess, but, you know, code of conduct, some fucking cis old man wrote that shit. I don't... <laughs> I don't fucking care, Liberty. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, okay, so later that day, Emma is pimping Manny out. <laughs> yes. To get uh, people to join her environmental club. Which, you know, fair. <laughs> yeah, and it's working. It's working like gangbusters. If you want to be slutty to help the environment, I think that's a great reason and to be That's a noble cause. Yeah. Sluts for the, the planet. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, um, if you're a slut and you don't care about the planet, where do you think you're going to fuck? <laughs> we gotta take care of it <laughs> uh and she's also still trying to get uh manny and jt together and so poor liberty is like oh i didn't know you liked jt and you can just like hear the disappointment in her voice and she's probably thinking like maybe i should show my underpants yeah okay that would be a great episode <laughs> maybe <laughs> that becomes a, a trend that consumes all degrassi all the girls have whale tails yeah okay <laughs> They can't send us all home. <laughs> Collective action. That's yeah. what they needed. Um, it's like a Spartacus moment. <laughs> so JT finally works up the courage to talk to Manny. Mm -hmm. uh, but then who else but Sully slides into frame. And you already know it's game over for JT. Yeah. Which is too bad because honestly, girl, Sully's a flash in the pan. This is your fucking man. Lock that shit down. Yeah. Imagine choosing Sully over JT. Couldn't be me. I just don't find him, you know, and obviously I'm not judging them physically because they're children, but I'm just like, energy wise. Well, he has a personality of like a signpost. He's so boring. Yeah. JT is sweet. <laughs> funny. He's funny. He does doodle interpretation. He has a cute little shag this year. He skateboards. <laughs> he does. He wears a helmet when he skateboards. Uh -huh. That's good. He's mm -hmm. going to take good care of your kid. He's going to make sure your kid is safe. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a catch. He's, JT's a catch. He's a catch. Um, so then at the environmental club meeting, Emma is... Wait, I do want to say... Oh. This is just... We flash to the environmental club meeting, and Emma is saying some boring shit about the environment. No, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about what she's saying about the environment. Every year, million <laughs> of hectares of rainforests are destroyed. Mm-hmm. You, did you know what a hectare is? It's like a an ultra acre or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I had to look it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big acres. Um, oh, so that like, was just normal for you. You knew what a hectare was. I, Am yeah. I saying it right? Hec hectares. Hec hectares. I think so. I feel like she said hector, like the name, and because I know when I looked it up, I didn't put the e at the end. So I think she said it weird. Oh, I don't. I don't remember how she said it. Hector, I, looking at the word, hectares. I would say hect. hectare. Hectares. Hectares. I think it's like... Anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, well, we all learned about uh, the metric system today. <laughs> yeah, so Emma is sermonizing against tropical hardwood toilet seats in mm -hmm. particular. Oh, I didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew it was against hardwood furniture. But... No, hardwood toilet seats. Uh, pretty funny. Which are a thing that um, apparently exists. Like, you can buy a luxury mahogany toilet seat for, like, $1,100. Hmm. Um, which uh, mahogany trees are endangered, so, you That's know, stupid. Um, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> uh, I didn't know you could do that. I thought rich people bought, like, gold toilet seats, not mahogany ones, but... I mean, wood's certainly a, a nicer aesthetic. <laughs> sure, I don't gold. know. I just don't need my commode to be aesthetic. No, the only money you gotta spend on your toilet is spring for the seat that goes down slow. When you push it down, it's, like, 80 bucks, and it's, like life-changing yeah and everyone like, should just get that and like a bidet you should but, get a bidet, but on a bidet yeah. yeah 
They're cheap. You can install them now. Yeah, but don't get the luxury mahogany toilet seat. No. Um, But nobody is paying attention to Emma because they're all here to flirt with Manny, with Mm -hmm. Sully being her number one suitor. Yes. Um... Uh, nothing else to say about this. Okay. Okay. Next. Um, meanwhile, Joey shows up to Caitlin's work to ask her to use her video camera. Yes. And he tells her about his jam session with Craig's band. And she basically tries to warn Joey about, like, over-involving himself. Yeah, and for the first time ever, Caitlin Ryan is the voice of reason. And I kind of <laughs> liked her this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, she serves her role, but um, he doesn't get the message, unfortunately. Also, how quaint. You remember back in the day where you had to, like, borrow someone's camcorder to get a video? <laughs> right, because you didn't have a smartphone. You could yeah. just, like, let me whip that out. Um, although he just, just, like, show up to her work pla- place of work, and he's like, hey, I just need to get that camera. It's like, it's like doesn't she need it for yeah, her recording? It, well, also, like, isn't she busy? Like, couldn't you, can you have waited? I don't know. I think it's fine to bother your friends at work. <laughs> Um, uh, but then we cut to the next scene and he has not heeded her warning at all Mm. and he's filming their rehearsal and they're all clearly uncomfortable with this yes Uh, and then Joey continues to give like unsolicited advice about stage presence and starting with cover songs instead of original material and instead of suggesting hey cover Green Day or whatever is popular with young boys right now he suggests George Faith. Michael. Faith. More by fucking George, George Michael. Michael. This show loves George Michael. Yeah. And the I remember when this episode aired, it was like two or three years after the very popular Limp Biscuit cover of Faith. <laughs> There's a Limp Biscuit cover? You don't know the Limp Biscuit no. cover of Faith? No. It's actually, I don't know. If I was to sit down and listen to a Limp Biscuit song right now, it's pretty good. <laughs> you wouldn't listen to. Because if you don't care, then we don't care, or what whatever. Are, is that even them? Is that them? I'm trying to think. I I, they were a favorite band of mine at one point, and now I couldn't tell you, like, one of their songs other than the Faith cover. Which is, I don't know, it's kind of good. <laughs> God, I, I miss the new metal trend. Yeah. Totally. I think I think I just appreciate, you know, it's pretty faithful to the George Michael version until they get to the chorus, and then Fred Durst just screams Faith. <laughs> so I think that's why I liked it, is... Oh, look, listen to this catchy little guitar riff. Mm, <laughs> they didn't mm. change much from it. Uh, but I just think it's a bad time to cover Faith for that reason. The kids are just going to think they're covering Limp Bizkit, but doing it more 80s style. Interesting. Just a thought. Interesting. Yeah. Um, cover a different George Michael song, such as Father Figure, or Wake Me Up Before You Go. 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 <laughs> or what was the third Careless one? Whisper. Or Careless Whisper. Um... <laughs> But when Joey leaves the room, all of Craig's bandmates start hating on him and George Michael. Which is not fair. <laughs> no, it's not. Do you think Do you think Marco is thinking, like, I like George Michael, but he didn't want to out himself? <laughs> I, I, look, I know he's gay. I think he's more into, like, musical theater than, like, wham. I don't know. That's just a guess. Mm. I don't see, I don't see Marco sitting around listening to Boy George. I think he's, like, listening to, like wicked <laughs> yeah don't or, you think for britney or maybe he's a britney guy i could see that i could totally see that i mean that was the I time i almost think i almost think he likes like i think he's too edgy for britney no i definitely don't think that <laughs> i i first of all i think britney is edgy mm-hmm. <laughs> second of all it's more that i think that he would like find hmm he would find like a rock singer that's a girl so he could like celebrate a female singer but still seem like straight because I'm listening to rock music, you know? Mm. I feel like he's going to like... He loves like Fiona Apple. The Donnas. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. You're Remember just speculating <laughs> on Marco's musical taste. Um, so, and then Craig goes on a diatribe where he says, <clears throat> he says Joey is delusional and embarrassing himself, but little does he know... That the camera, the camcorder is still recording. Mm-hmm. Oh no. How will this turn out? Yeah. Um, and then we, okay, this is confusing. And then from this scene, because we're at home with the band, mm-hmm. Garage, uh, then we cut back to school. I thought there was some issues with the way they were layering the A and B plots on each other towards the Right, end. well, the timeline, it's like, it doesn't make sense, because, <gasps> like, are they, yeah. are they skipping school for band practice? What? 
oh, they're in class when they cut to school. It's not even like an after-school activity. You're right. That yeah. makes no sense. Yeah. No, they're, well, it's a, so it's a, it's, it's a club meeting. They cut it back could to be a after club school, meeting. I guess. I guess it could be, but like, I don't know how, how long after school do you Either way, it's weird. I noticed, and they switched back and forth between the A and B storyline like so many times. Mm-hmm. It felt like both of the storylines had like two resolutions. And I was like, just cut one of these. We don't need Manny sitting in the cafe. Well, it just seems like we, we're cutting between, like, two... Like, these are happening in entirely different days. Like, these aren't happening, like... It is that funny thing t- where you, timeline. like... It, it's funny where you, like, watch a soap opera and they just shoot, like, three storylines and cut in between them just randomly. Mm-hmm. And I remember... I, it was Days of Our Lives or something. It was just on the TV and I ended up watching almost a whole episode. <laughs> there was people, like, going to and from a party, but one of the storylines was just a guy and an old lady, like, in a fancy room. And they were having an argument where he was, like, holding her up against the mantle with a, a fire poker. But what? Yeah. What? <laughs> like, holding it against her neck. So oh it God. would cut back to, like, a scene and, like, clearly an hour has gone by. And then it cuts back to them fighting, and he's still holding the fire poker up to her neck. So it's like, are they just... <laughs> is this fight taking as long as all the other scenes that we're watching? Because that seems crazy. to be the implication. So uh, it was that vibe. That's funny. Um, okay, so Sean shows up. Uh, Sean Shady. As, he looks stupid. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. wearing a beanie and a hood inside. He, mm-hmm. He's probably so warm. So and he's just hot. trying to look cool. Um, you look like an idiot, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking idiot. Uh, so he shows up after Emma's club meeting because, uh, once again, he has chosen shop over Emma. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean, Sean, really bad boyfriend this season. Yeah. Uh, he's just never there for her when are she Are they together? Him. I don't understand. They are. He's just That's absent. That's crazy, then. Um, <laughs> And then uh, Sean gets a look at Manny, and he does his best to hide his awuga eyes. Um, and he's just like, I'm going to go take down flyers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go keep my hands busy for a while. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Emma asks Manny about JT and like, you know, are they, what, what's she going to do? What's her next move? But Manny still only has eyes for Sully. Do you like Manny or Manuela? I wanted to vomit at this. Sully says that Manuela is more exotic. Exotic. <gasps> <gasps> We're two in a row with these, like, awkward, like, white boys fetishizing non-white yeah, yeah. women. Yeah, oh, yeah. I wanted... To, I was gross. It was really gross. It was really gross. Uh, but also very believable. Very believable. I was like, this kid absolutely would say that. He would say that. Ugh. We cut back to the... Well, no, princi- that's the end of that scene. No, then Principal Raditz shows up. <gasps> I forgot. So, Principal Raditz shows up, and because probably Liberty... Almost definitely Liberty. ...ratted <laughs> Manny out... And so he reprimands her for going against the Degrassi dress code for wearing an outfit that reveals her undergarments. Now we go back and forth on whether or not Radich is a good principal. I think he's handling this situation with tact and he's just referring to the rule book. He's not making I, I think he's being a good principal right now. Mm-hmm. He's doing what he has to do. Well, I mean, it's funny because this sh- this is where Degrassi diverges like the most from reality, which is in its dress code, mm-hmm. because you know, we throughout this whole history of the show, we've seen girls wearing crop tops. That would not be allowed in no. any school in America. I remember for a while, I, I remember for a while, girls were not a, allowed to wear spaghetti straps when they were very. Um, uh, no, trendy. they weren't yeah. allowed to wear spaghetti straps. It had straps to be as thick school. as two fingers, I think, was the rule. I, oh, I don't even know if we were allowed to wear like tank tops at all in our school. Our girls could wear tank tops, but it, there was like a two finger. Right, rule. right, 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 right. Um, no, I don't think. I think and that the skirts had to be like when you put like your hand was, down, it had to. Yeah, to, it was uh, like. Above the knee where your hand reaches. Like where your fingertips yeah. ended, I think. Um, or there was like, or like three-fourths of an inch or something like that. There was a, you know, and very at my, specific And at my rule. school, um, all the boys had to wear cummerbunds, even if they were just wearing like t-shirts <laughs> and stuff. So that was really weird. That's good. Um, what happens next? <laughs> no, I want to talk about this more, because I'm like, yeah, obviously I, you're... I can't believe I'm saying this, because we're only talking about one episode. We we have to keep going. We need to get no, to the end this of is, this. No, this is the whole thing, is like, this dress code. Okay, like, she walks into school wearing a... So her peasant top shows all of her shoulders. There are yes. no straps on this peasant top. No. Her midriff is entirely showing. None of this would be allowed. Let a, Never mind the whale tail or the low-rise jeans. It's just like, the whole thing is just like a no-go. And they're only, like, at my school, if she had showed up to school wearing that, she would have immediately been sent home. Yes. Like, she would not have gone through the day, and then at the end of the day... I think in even liberal suburban Seattle, I don't think you could get away with most of what she's wearing. Yeah. Except for, ironically, and this is why I wanted to table this discussion until the end, because now I'm going to go in the future. You made me do this. Mm. When she does her second reveal, 
and she says, I'm not. No, we can't do. You, you bring it up, no, and I then didn't. I have to bring up follow-up things about scene. it. No, I'm bringing up this scene. We're talking about this scene. Uh, anyway, moving next on. Scene. So I wrote, I like that they shot the camcorder on an actual camcorder because I hate when they shoot camcorder footage on an HD camera, and you can tell that they just put a filter on. Oh it. yeah. Okay. So later we see That's Joey. That's a compliment. <laughs> Joey's going over the footage. He shot at Craig's band rehearsal. Uh, then he gets to the part. Where he left the camera running, and then he sees like Craig bad mouthing him. Well, at first he's like him. defending him, and he, Joey's like, "Huh?" <laughs> and then he starts bad mouthing him. And he's like, "Oh, yeah." It's very much that like kombucha girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, and honestly, I really felt for Joey in this moment. It was pretty sad. It was sad because you know he realizes that he's a fucking loser. So. He needed a wake-up call, but this was pretty heartbreaking. And Craig's just like, uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> so, not handled well. Um, and then, uh, so, okay, so at school the next day, Manny, this is the scene you want to talk about. Yes. Manny takes her coat off to reveal she's still wearing a crop top and low-rise jeans, but she's devised a clever loophole for Mr. Radich's uh, complaints. And she says the line, do you see any underwear? I'm not wearing any. I'm not wearing any. Um, okay. So my thought about this is this is the least scandalous outfit she wears the whole episode. She's wearing like a bomber jacket. She is, yeah. She's very covered she's up. Wearing a, she's wearing the crop top and the low-rise jeans still. Yeah. But, um... She has a midriff. Yeah. Paige has a midriff a, in every episode. It's a episode. lot of midriff. Sure. It's very low. <laughs> um, like, like her, like, hips are showing. I guess. I don't know, man. They're pants. <laughs> low-rise pants. I don't, I don't think I care. Um, <laughs> well, of course you don't care. Um, uh, I mean, I will say she's had to dial the sleigh for sure. This whole She episode. looks great. It's um, fine. I just thought that, I, I thought it was funny that this last outfit was like the one they saved because it was by far the least scandalous. Well, it's scandalous because she's not wearing underwear and she's wearing super low jeans and it's like, what could happen? What could, anything could happen? I guess. I, I... Well, then we get this, like, funky beat as Manny walks away. Yeah, some more knockoff yeah, Christina Milan. Which, which is fun. I, I, I enjoy the soundtrack this episode. It's very good. Um, and so then in science class, uh, Miss Hot Toddy, she calls on Manny to come to the front of the class to feed frogs. Which seems like, I don't know, that could be handled after class, maybe. I, I, I guess they're learning something here. I don't really know what. Um, how to take care of frogs. Amount of food to feed a frog? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to question her teaching methods. Um, and so then we are treated to another extreme close-up of her ass as she's walking to the front of the class. And we have the shot of all the boys leaning in from their desks. Well, because she dropped something. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, she's like got to do like the whole bend and snap thing. Yes. Uh, and she's like leaning down and all the boys lean over. And Liberty, she's also there leaning in. <laughs> as <laughs> she does. There's a sapphic reading to this episode, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, and then JT is like, Causes a distraction because he wants to save her from like her, you know, her coin slot showing. This, this was a real knight in shiming, shime, shiming armor. Shiming, shiming. Yeah. Armor. And I, I was like, this is just further proof that you should be with JT. Sully would have not only let your coin slot show, he would have like give his buddy like a little like, hey, look at look at my girl's coin yeah, he, slot. He would have like, he would have like swiped his card. <laughs> you would dropped a pencil in there. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, uh, and then JT is like, why can't I feed these frogs? Because he's intervening. Yes. And I, I love uh, Ms. Hot Sauce's reaction. She's so she's, funny. She's just like, because okay. you didn't volunteer? Uh, yeah. She's just not amused at all. She's like, I literally don't care. Uh, yeah, JT. she's like, what? She's giving a lot of I don't give a fuck this season, and I like that. I do. I, it's, it's sad, because they you think they really bonded after last season, but uh, she's just like, I'm sick of this kid. Get me out of here. She's sick of talking to this fucking boy about how much to feed an animal that's <laughs> small and in a cage. She doesn't like it. So after class, JT finally works up the courage to ask Manny on a proper date. Mm -hmm. But, um... Sully's lurking behind, and Manny is like, unfortunately, I have other plans. I did like that she would... Okay, let's talk about what happens next, because I'll say my piece then. Okay. So, um, after this, Emma... Emma, Emma was em observing from the Emma corner. Emma is observing this whole interaction, and Emma... In the bushes. <laughs> the bushes in the hallway. Yeah, she's uh, in full camo. <laughs> she's got binoculars. Yeah, even uh, though it's ten feet away. And so, Emma pulls Manny aside and is like, how could you do that to JT? And 
So I don't. Okay, so I don't. This is what I want to talk about. Obviously, neither of us like Sully, but it's like Manny didn't actually do anything wrong. That's how I feel. Right? Like this she, is su- she has twisted herself into such a knot with her slut shaming that she is now saying you're a bad person if you don't date this person you want to date. Yeah. You have gone to the other direction. You are telling women what to do with their bodies. Well, it's like, it, well, for the sake of Jenny's And this is her feelings. fucked up, this is, I know, but this is her fucked up politics. She's always so fucking extreme with her shit that she just becomes a little fascist. Emma's a fascist. Oh my god. She uh, is! I didn't feel this strongly, but I do think... this. If it was just this one moment, it would be one thing. This is a trend with this girl. But I do think Emma is pointing out something. She has a point, which is that she's pointing out, like... Manny's ego yes. and so she's had this sort of like change of heart and it's like it's just she's not acting like herself yes. and sure fine. you know and she is sort of like you know like Emma will like talk to her and she's just like oh I'm thinking about Sully you know yeah. um, so have that discussion right and so that's the discussion that happens at or at least like yes. JT like she's allowed to date whoever she wants exactly um, but um so Emma does have a point but then Manny of course interprets this as just her you're being just jealous. jealous. You're, you're just jealous. Um, really great supercut on, um, I think, Degrassi, one of the Degrassi meme pages of uh, Manny just saying, you're jealous throughout <laughs> the entire <laughs> How course. many instances are there of like this? Like seven. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Manny. Oh, geez. Um, I, I want to say about this uh, sort of confrontation that's been brewing a little bit um, between Emma and Manny. This final scene in the hallway right after the JT incident is the best written scene in the episode. And the episode should have ended there. This was the first time I wanted the episode to end in the middle of a conversation. Oh, really? I like the end. I like the coda we get. I don't this. like it because first of all, I was like, that scene was so strong. And then next scene, we go to the B plot wrap up where we have Joey and Craig right. reconciling. Yeah. Very boring, uninteresting scene. Well, I mean, it's just, it's very, you know. Um, and it, after that epic showdown in the hallway, it just falls so flat. Well, my notes are, I guess, because, yeah, so in that scene, you know, Manny basically is like, this is who I am. You, you know, yes. deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Emma's like, I'm kind of over this. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, and then the next scene, wrapping up the subplot, um, it's weird because, like, Joey kind of, like, apologizes to Craig for, like, being cringy and embarrassing, but, like, Craig doesn't really, like, own up to, like, being kind of mean to Joey. I don't think Craig did anything wrong. I don't know, he was very I, mean to Joey. He yes, wasn't like, mean to Joey. He was. No, he wasn't. Oh, he was, mean, he was sitting he was there. mean to his friends about Joey. No, he was sitting there taking it. At no point did he say, hey, Joey, can you leave? No, he said he's embarrassing himself. He didn't and... intend for Joey to hear that, so that's not being mean. I don't know. If your Do friends... you want to know what I'm talking about when you're not around, Evan? <laughs> I got a lot of shit to say about you. Oh my god. That doesn't mean I don't love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think you're a big fat meanie, so where, <laughs> so where are we at? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, like, I, I don't know. I With all the adult plot lines on the show, it's sort of a case of, like, who is this for? Um... But I guess it's for me, because I'm like, as someone who's approaching 30, I'm like, oh God, I, I, I feel like Joey. I see myself in Joey being a big loser who's... I see myself in so many adult characters on TV now that I'm in my 30s. I do not see myself in any of these Degrassi adults. They are not real people to me. Well, you know, he's like wanting to relive his youth, and he feels like his life has passed him by, and you know? Sure. Let's talk about the coda. I'm sick okay. of talking about the band. Well, then our final scene... Manny's on her date with a Sully. wordless coda. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Well, that's why I think it makes it so effective. It's, it's pure cinema. Um, so Manny's on her date with Sully, the date she wanted, the date she is pursued. Okay. And but she can't even enjoy it because out past outside past the window she sees uh, Emma and JT. Which, it is weird. I'm like, why are you guys there? Um, what if they're just pacing in front they're of... They're just stalking her. They're, like, guilt-tripping her. <laughs> or it's her. like a picket line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they do forgot not, their signs. Do not cross. They're protesting Manny. <laughs> <laughs> Shout uh, out to the WGA. We support you. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's, like, really effective. And Manny is clearly, like, kind of, like, regretting her behavior. She feels like she kind of has to stick to her guns. Now that you say it, I guess I appreciate that last scene a little more. I guess my issue is just there's, it feels like there's two resolutions for each of these 
plot lines, and I just, I just wanted some editing. Well, I think, like, obviously I don't think there's anything new, necessarily. Like, there's no, there's not much new information, except for the fact that you see Manny kind of regretting. Because in the last scene, Manny's sort of, like, standing by, and she's like, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm happy with what I've done. I'm, mm-hmm. you know... I can stand by this. And in the end, we're like, oh, maybe I've made some mistakes. Um, yeah. Regretting her behavior. And this is, of course, a dangling plot thread that will be resolved later on. Yes. I think we need to be done. <laughs> We've been talking about this well, 20-minute episode of TV for an hour and a half. Well, there was a lot to talk about. I'm glad we did it. Look, can you imagine if we tried to squeeze this into a normal episode? We couldn't. We literally It couldn't. would have been a disaster. It would have been awful. Yeah. So we did the right thing. Good call, Evan. I, this is I'm more, glad we talked about this. I, it's more content. I think yeah. you all should be grateful. Yeah, you fucking listeners. <laughs> yeah, better take be it. grateful. Take it. Uh, <laughs> let's, t- let's, let's. Oh, what, it, what it, so. Share with the class? Yeah. Or did we do go there first? Mm. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Did this episode go there? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think it did. Of course it did. A lot going on here. We saw a 14 year old's butt in extreme <laughs> close up, like, multiple times. No, for real though, I do think this episode had some surprisingly cogent, um, thoughts yeah and nuanced opinions on teenage sexuality and becoming an adult i don't mm-hmm. know i i, I kind of i like this episode mm-hmm. what, I, did we, what did we learn today let's share with the class um i learned that you used to be in a ska band I was in a ska band <laughs> i'm still processing i don't know if it's technically a ska band if the horn section never shows up but our intention an aspirational was to be a ska band <laughs> Oh. What did you learn today? I also learned that I was once in a ska band. <laughs> <laughs> that was shocking. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I feel like I just had a really good therapy session. I, I, that's how I feel after every single one of these episodes. <laughs> oh, this was really good. This was great. This is fun. And, you know, I was going to go into the, the inbox and read some messages because I, I didn't think we were going to have enough content for this episode, but clearly <laughs> we did. We have a lot of content. So if you, have surplus. Sent, if you have sent us a DM on the All Aboot Degrassi Instagram, keep sending them in. We'll do some reader questions next week or the week after. Mm-hmm. We love you so much. We're going to do a two-parter next week. We're going to do a two-parter. We're we'll going to talk about normal. the gays. The gays. Ooh, this is a good one. Oh, this season kicks ass. <laughs> I'm so excited to go on this journey with y'all. Evan, I guess say bye. Fuck to the truck. Well, you have to listen to the truck while we say goodbye. Uh, uh, yeah, also, I'm Evan Goodrich. And I'm Nick Oh, yeah, I don't think we ever said it. We forgot to say it. Okay, bye. (laughs) All right, we're good at this. Bye. Bye.